want the cup. We want the cup. We want the cup. We want the cup. Friday, June 16, 2023 here, a rare Friday uh, edition of the show, as the draft draws near, about a week and a half or so, Wednesday the 28th is day one, so it is it is coming real quick, thus we need to keep up on all the Flyers news, and to help me do that, I brought Nick back! Nick, how you Man. doing? I'm good, thanks for having me, and hello everybody. You didn't even have to wait your two month waiting period to come back, it's only been a couple no. weeks. No, we survived uh, the great smoke screen of 2023 and the thunderstorm that hit the area about an hour ago. Yeah. Yes, all is well. It's rained three times in one week after not raining for six weeks. What is this tomfoolery? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, survived all the smoke, survived all the thunderstorms, surviving the Philadelphia Flyers offseason. Yeah. <laughs> for now. Surviving I-95. Yeah. Not that I have to go down that way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not a whole lot has happened in the world of the Flyers yet as we wait with bated breath for the next domino to fall, the next trade ship. But they did uh, make some hirings here. Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire brought in as special senior advisors of certain players and movements and things, or whatever their fucking made-up titles were. Great. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, the handsome levels brought up exponentially by Patrick Sharp. True. And, uh, I get some blood flow. The scumbag level is brought up tremendously with Patrick Sharp as well. Oh, shit. I'm Old, sorry. Uh, 2010 yeah. Blackhawk there. You're Great. Right, Just what the Flyers need to get rid of Provorov and we're ready to move Tony D'Angelo and you're bringing fucking Patrick Sharp to even that scale out. Well is he, done. Uh, is he like... Well, uh, I guess he is well involved, right? I mean, he's top player in that room, and my guess is he uh, knew uh, everything that was going on. Yes. Fucking hell! I forgot all. Of... Jesus, because I, I thought like when he got hired, 
why didn't Chicago pick him up? Like, I, I thought he would have ended up in Chicago. Well, not every these... team hires their TV broadcasters. That is a... <laughs> not like the Flyers. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it kind of sucks. And then Johnny LeClaire is one of my all-time favorite Flyers. I have his jersey. Was the first Flyers jersey I ever owned was the John LeClaire jersey. Yeah. I have this silver-trimmed one. The third jersey that's either loved or hated by everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, again, like what we talked about last time, people seem to not like that some fans find it a bit strange that they're hiring people that have no experience with made-up job titles and they're good old Canadian boys that used to play for the Flyers, except LeClaire's American. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, but last year, even during this past season, a couple times I was on, like, but then I call it the holy trinity of shit between Val Camillo, Chuck Fletcher, and Dave Scott. Well, they're all gone. So yeah. I, I guess I can't complain too much because I used to say, like, they all have to go. Well, they're all gone. So I am actually – that got me pretty excited because what's the word? Why why didn't she uh, – why was she all pissy? Because she didn't, she, she didn't get Hilferty's spot? That seems to be the uh, rumor, yes. In what fucking world does she have experience to have Hilferty's spot? Oh, I don't know. Nobody needs experience in this front office anyway. <laughs> moral of the Touché. story. Yeah. I could do fucking three hours on this former flyer topic if I really wanted to. If I just was here in my own devices and ranting or raving. But I'm going to try and give everyone the Sparknotes version of this rant. I wrote a piece that's on the front page of BrotherlyPuck.com right now, trying to put my words in. Again, I wanted it to be a couple hundred. It was like a thousand just because I <laughs> ranted and raved. But Listen, everybody. It has nothing to do with the fact that they were former Flyers. I don't fucking care whether they played for this organization or not. That has nothing to do with anything, okay? It's the whole, nobody has any fucking experience part that really fucking drives me nuts here. If you wanted Briere as your GM, you should have hired a president with experience. If you were hell-bent on Briere and Jones being your, you know, president and GM then fucking hire advisors that know what they're doing. You have hired four people, five if you want to throw Hilferty in there, that have exactly zero days of experience in their new job previously. That is fucking crazy. Relying solely on the we're former flyers and we have passion and we love it. Great. Who fucking cares? I had somebody in who was, well, you know, you say they don't have any experience, but they were all lifelong players. Okay, one does not translate to the other. Everyone always cites Steve Iserman and Joe Sackick and shit like that, but the reality is that ignores the other half of that coin of Paul Fenton, of Craig McTavish, of Garth Snow, who fucking oh, failed miserably. Miserably. Former, flyer, uh, former players in front office roles. But it does not equate to this role. I used this thing last time we were on. I can play guitar. Does that mean Metallica's going to hire me to produce their next album? No, because <laughs> it's not even the same fucking stratosphere. This could work. It could. Briere and Jonesy and all the way. It could work. But, like, the fact that you passed up on Ray Shiro or Kyle Dubas or Brad Trevling, like, somebody with any kind of fucking knowledge of what they were doing here, voluntarily not accepting that, you know, advantageous chip blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. So... I don't know. There are former Flyers, and they're going to do great, and we loved them as players, and I don't fucking care. 
It just oh, this whole thing. It, it, it's I a gimmick at this Hextall point. Ron Hextall on that list. Sorry, we cut you off. You forgot Ron Hextall. On that Ron list. Hextall, Paul player. Holmgren, Bobby Clark. You know, everyone was very anti-flyer at the end of the Hextall era. Everyone wanted fucking Holmgren out, and we don't want the old boys club. That's another phrase I've seen, by the way. Well, these aren't dinosaurs or old boys club. They're different. So what the fuck makes Hextall Holmgren? What, what, what qualifies those guys as old boys and dinosaurs and these ones? Not Where's the cutoff here? Is it like 1994 and beyond is new age? or Like, it's just, I don't know. But this whole thing is just, it, it's a complete gimmick. And I think the organization knows what they're doing on this one. They have to, right? It, there was a rant on a frequent flyer that I did probably about a year ago. And I think it had to be about the Gaudreau thing. But the old front office, the Fletcher era regime, wanted to completely ignore the fandom and the history and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand what made Philadelphia. Like, this city is a complete fucking gimmick. The sports franchises are a complete fucking gimmick, and that is proven exactly when you just hire a bunch of former guys and everyone's back on board. Which is a smart play from Dan Hilford in the front office. Whoever else is directly responsible for those hirings. Less than just six months ago, morale was at an all-time low. Everyone hated Fletcher. Everyone hated the senior advisors, who were all former flyers, by the way. (laughs) Everyone hated them. And you know what? You replaced those former flyers with new former flyers, and everyone's back on board with the organization. Like, you didn't acquire talent. You didn't make a groundbreaking hiring. You didn't change anything crazy in the organization. You just brought in former flyers. And everyone's all fucking kumbaya again. Like, well fucking done, flyers management team. Whoever is responsible for these hirings, well done. It's a smart play. Because you just... All that negativity is on the back burner. Now... In a few years from now, when Briere and Jones, everyone eventually turns on these guys, it's going to happen sooner or later, there's going to be a very hard slant towards outsiders again. Well, all these guys are former Flyers and they failed. We need to go back outside because it's a fucking ever going uh, back and forth scale. You know, after Hexall, we needed outsiders. You brought in Fletcher. Oh, by the way, people keep citing Fletcher. You know, well, they need to go outside. Well, Chuck Fletcher was an outsider. Chuck Fletcher was a goddamn brain-dead moron. You know, uh, putting every last outsider who did not play for this organization into the cookie-cutter, hey, suck as bad as Fletcher does, is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. And there are cases of former Flyers out there. Somebody talked about Brenda Moore. You know, if Brenda Moore leaves Carolina and the Flyers hire him three years down the line as a head coach... This is a guy with three straight division titles and has been to two conference finals in the last five years. There's a repertoire. There's a fucking... (laughs) There's something there. There's tangible proof that he's good at his fucking job. It's not just a former flyer. That's not the only thing that matters. He would bring talent and resume and... and, This whole thing is just... These... (laughs) The fucking... This fan base is a bunch of marks at the end of the day. That's all they fucking are. We got our former Flyers. Who cares if they're good or not? They're former Flyers. We loved them 15, 20 years ago as players. That's all we need. That's all this was. This whole... I, oh, it just drives me nuts, man. This last few, week on Twitter has been just fucking unbearable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you're going to war as much as you are. But, yeah, it's... Well, these former Flyers are under 60 years old, everybody. <laughs> yeah, when's the cutoff? I, I gotta know. I gotta know what, what makes... John LeClaire different than, you know, Bobby Clark. <laughs> you know, like, what, what, what's the cutoff? I don't know. Age, that's about it. Uh, yeah. 
well, this, you know, they're, they understand the modern age of hockey. And, you know, I, I think there is potentially something to that, especially with oh, yeah. Jones and Sharp, who have been calling games, you know, for all these years as television broadcasters. Sharp was on NBC for a long time, and then he's been covering the Blackhawks for their local branch. I don't know if it was NBC or whatever. Probably. For yeah, the last few years. Yeah. You know, Jones has been doing national broadcasts forever. You know, there could be something to that of of being able to scope out directly your competition, you know, and mm-hmm. where you're having the ultimate final say. He was born and bred for this front office thing, and he was in the ACHL. And, you know, I just can't help but think if this organization hired four people with no experience between them, and they were not former Flyers. They didn't have that going for them. They were just a bunch of dudes. They drafted fucking... Joe Rock and Roll, who was an ECHL GM for two years, and you brought him in to GM the Flyers, people would be fucking furious. Yep. 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 You know, it, 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 that former Flyer thing. They can deny it all they want. Well, it's not just former. Yeah, it is former Flyers. That entire status is there. It has made these hires palpable. And it could work. It could work. But Jesus, tap dance in Christ. It's fucking. We're doing the same dance again, yep. but just with younger former Flyers now. Yep, more no more recognizable no flyers to this era of fan. Yeah. Yeah. And we wouldn't be so cynical, like you said, if Leclerc, Briere, Sharp, Jones had any NHL experience in a front office position with any kind of success, like a Brenda Moore. Yeah. Breer is the only one that had previous front office experience, and that was 12 months working as Chuck Fletcher's right-hand yeah. man, where they re-signed Ristolainen, and they re-signed D'Angelo, failed to move JVR twice. Uh, the Sanheim thing is just, they failed on Johnny Gaudreau. You know, the list fucking goes on and on about the shit that has happened over the last 12 months of being the Flyers, and Breer was there for all of that. Yep. And <sighs> do they not realize that rebuilding also means the roster, like, don't just do the front office you gotta fucking do the roster too which we all i think we all like the pro for off trade correct yes i've heard i've heard you guys talk about it i i liked it too step in the right direction you have like four more trades to make that's the thing D'Angelo it's one move Hayes. in a very uh necessarily big summer here if yeah. they if, uh, if we the draft and the off season come and go in Konechny and hart and lawton and they're all still here May not be looking quite as good as far as progress. Because that's a very Hextall approach of, we need to keep this roster competitive. Competitive, (laughs) quote-unquote. There's no need to be competitive. Um, There's no chance of anything this year or next year. I saw, are you still on the fence about Lawton? Yes. Strictly, like, you know, some of the rumors that they're potentially looking for this guy that have been offered to them, you know, mid to late first round picks. It's kind of like, you know, at that point, everyone's got a price. And at that mm-hmm. point, if you can get a, you know, 20th overall pick for Scott Lawton, you fucking do it. But I do think that if you get rid of this guy, you, there are going to be some unintended consequences. And and I, I do think that leadership is a very real thing especially when the roster is this young. You know, you look at teams like Buffalo and Edmonton during their worst days and Arizona that specifically don't have anybody on that roster for that role. They, they get rid of too many key players. They throw too many young guys in and too many washed-up one-year vets that aren't leaders, you know, and, and they struggle to kind of, of build that environment and have that leader. So I do think it's a very, very important role. You know, you can part with it. 
especially if you're getting heavily compensated. But I don't think it's quite as painless of a move as that. And, you know, I have people say, well, Couturier can just step into that role. You don't really just step into a leadership role. You have it or you don't. You know, that, yeah. that is a, a, a gene. You know, somebody that's been here for 12 fucking years at 31 years old isn't just going to magically step up and take the captaincy reins. Exactly. You know, you have Cam Atkinson, who, who seems to fit that role rather well, who should be back yeah. this season if all else goes well. So it's not like it's nothing if you lose Lawton, but... You know, at the end of the day, I do think that you you could hurt a little bit of the chemistry in that very young room if you get rid of somebody you want. So it's definitely, it's not like Konechny, who is just a dude, right? Can I, mm-hmm. uh, you a 40, 50 point right winger, you got a dozen of them in the system, you won't even notice he's gone. Provorov, you know, you're probably going to notice he's gone because of the minutes that he ate. But at the end of the day, how much worse can Cam York be in that role than Provorov was, right? You're not exactly. going to notice he's gone when you get compensated properly. Like, I do think Lawton may be the one where you kind of notice, like, eh, you know, something may be off there. Uh, Maybe us as fans may not see it, but uh, some of that, uh, you know, if that locker room kind of spirals out of control again, you know, maybe uh, get a little palpable uh, overflow from it there, especially from old Johnny Portarella, who's uh, leading the way there. A little more uh, public uh, infuriation, especially fucking D'Angelo's still here. I agree with everything you said, and with that, I am totally fine with getting rid of him. He's been here long enough. We're trying to rebuild, and but not for him, not pennies on the dollar, because that's a good contract that you're moving. You're going to get this three guy by three left. Yeah, yeah, who can play a very specific role for your team, and you don't take less than a second for that. Yeah, I uh, you know <laughs> these rumors of first round picks are thrown around. It's like okay, like. Especially if it's in 2023. You got to kind of heavily consider uh, consider that. So we'll see, I guess. You know, it's he, Konechny, and Hart are the big three left to potentially move. And now the big snag on Hart is the Hockey Canada stuff? Yeah, we're going to dive into that on the next Frequent Flyer. Um, Mike is a lawyer and Manny is a Canadian. So we can kind of get both sides of the thing here. And we were talking about this in the group chat, you know, because it is yeah. something that, that has popped up a lot. You know, they can't trade Hart because, you know, the, the 2018 Canada thing. And it's like, what does that mean? You know, what is the, what are the consequences? If he is named, what are the consequences? Is he going to jail? Is this just a reputation-based thing? Is it a civil monetary court? Like, is this is this like a sexual assault allegation? Correct. See, that's the thing. Is I don't I don't know what exactly where is and I could read through all of Mike's uh, DMs here to try and give a better answer in the meantime. Um, but I don't know if it's an actual trial or if it's more just a civil case at this point so let's see what the fuck well, again um, it's canada so i don't know what their statute of limitations are and he was having the same rape. problem with that as well yeah uh, starting to wonder the same thing apparently the civil lawsuit uh, that the plaintiff filed against hockey canada already settled as of last year the investigation was then reopened because the various government entities wanted information on what happened due to increased pressure from the media and other unknown factors uh, there have never been any arrests or police report related to any criminal activity. In fact, the police investigation seems to be ongoing. Uh, it is plausible that criminal charges could still be filed against certain individuals involved. Normally, when things like this happen, criminal proceedings uh, precede actions for civil liability. Not so here. The civil case occurred first and was settled. 
the police can typically issue charges even if the victim asks them not to going forward. Uh, so this is really in the hands of the Canada equivalent of the district attorney. Hmm. So that makes me think either this was a hazing incident that went way too far and someone got molested or something or somebody got raped or sexually assaulted. It's got to be one of the three. Yeah, I believe it's the latter on that one uh, is the the thing. And that's what it boils down to is, you know, is he going to jail for something like this if it proceeds this way? Or is it just a case of, hey, you're the guy who did this. You know, you're kind of blackballed in that sense. But it's the NHL who, the f- you know, nobody's going to give a shit about it anyway, right? It's not going to stop teams from employing sports. these guys. Don't, yeah. So Don't make the NHL this. It's all professional sports. Can you run fast? Who cares? Yeah. It, it, it's just... I don't know where Hart falls in all of that to begin with. I believe... Uh, I think there was... Th- you know, it's been a while since I looked into all this one trying to find out who the players were. But there's, I think there was three groups. There was the people... There's the players that have come forth and said they have nothing to do with it. There's a group of players that have never said anything about anything. And there's a group of players that have never personally said anything, but their lawyers came forth and said they never did anything. And I believe Hart is in the latter of that bunch. He was in the lawyer statement bunch. So I guess he was the one that's kind of, that group's kind of on the fence versus the ones that have been exonerated more or less through personal yeah. admittance. So it, it's a very sticky situation. We'll talk about that one uh, next week with Mike and Manny, who are both, you know, a little more... Um, in tune on this one than I am. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> you know? But uh, it, it's a very interesting thing that I've heard a lot of people kind of point to. Well, we can't trade hard because of this. And my thought is like, he may be less palatable because of that until this is figured out. But at the end of the day, you know, is there anything actually stopping them from doing that? You know, if he's arrested, yeah, maybe you can't trade him because, well, who the fuck would want to acquire somebody that's going to be in jail, right? But if it's just mm-hmm. a case of this guy has to pay X amount of dollars and has to live with this isn't on his reputation, I don't think that would really stop a lot of teams from making that call for somebody like yeah. Carter Hart. So it's going to uh, heavily determine, I guess, what ultimately becomes of that. And that's assuming we get an answer on this fucking Canada thing sometime soon anyway. You know, it's been a lot of years now they've been digging into this, and there's been very little, you know, public uh, uh, anything to come out. So, I don't know, TBD on Carter Hart, I guess. Which is fine, because I don't really want them to trade him anyway. No, I really don't. Like I said in our group chat, too, with everyone, like, you don't trade even soccer. You don't trade your star goalie. You just don't. And if you are, you're going to fucking pay me for it. Yeah, there, there's very little precedent of star goaltenders getting traded anyway uh, in most cases it's the backup that goes you know you look mm-hmm. at you know Alex Gorgiev or or Cal Tal, uh, Cam Talbot rather uh, you know a lot of these guys that come through and uh, they're they're all the backup to the eventual guy, um, to to the Henrik Lundqvist's of the world. And in this case, you know, I don't think you have to make a call on this one immediately anyway. No. You know, Hart and Urson are both under contract for one more year, so it doesn't matter. This is a next summer problem, you know, at the earliest. Um, but, yeah, I, I would not do it. I realize he can probably get you some significant value. And maybe it's not a terrible thing that there's not a whole bunch of history to draw on when trying to trade Hart, right? You may be able to craft a better deal rather than point to the most recent example of that and go, well, this guy got this. You know, Corey Schneider's probably the most recent example of a goaltender that got traded, and even then he was a backup. And he got traded for well, the ninth overall pick or whatever it was in, in uh, 2013, which ended up being mm-hmm. Bo Horvat. So... Mm-hmm. 
That's the most recent example. We're both to Luongo in like 2006 or 2007 before that. You know, it's been right, a long nowhere. time since there was a, a significant example of something like that um, mm. happening. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I wouldn't say no to a heart trade, but the package would need to be mind-blowingly substantial, and I don't think oh. you're going to find that in today's NHL. No, no. And don't forget Ryan Miller from Buffalo to St. Louis, but that was also on an expiring contract. That is true. I have no idea how old he was when that trade happened either. He was older. He was older, but again, there was a starting goalie who was a star in this league for a while. Considered a top. Was not a fan of Ryan Miller. No. (laughs) I'll never forgive him for that weak five-hole goal in the gold medal game against Crosby. 20... I think it was 14? 2014. He was born in 1980. So he's five years younger than me. Or older than me, Jesus. So he was 34 at the time of that trade. Okay. But again, just an example of starting goalie getting traded. It was about uh, 10 years older than Carter Hart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A young goalie. Forget that. Yeah. Stay away from Carter Hart. Just, yeah. You don't want to deal Hart and then have Urson eventually come up and not be any good. That would be worst case scenario there. Uh, you know, it's filled out the thing ever. Yeah, and it's why. Yeah, and then you know everyone that fucking blames Carter Hart for everything. You're going to trade your 24 year old guy. He's going to go play behind a good team and succeed. And mm-hmm. you know people still to this day cry about Sergey Bobrovsky and that trade was 11 years ago. Now <laughs> like, what happens if it's Carter Hart? It's going to be the same thing all over again. So and, and that Bobrovsky thing was just one of the many dominoes of like. Holmgren's tenure like falling apart. Yeah, it was a uh, committing to uh, Ilya Brzgalov and moving Bobrovsky. You know, I was not the biggest Bobrovsky fan when he was here. I think he was just a Neither very average dude. But, uh, you know, one of those deals that when you go to Columbus, especially of all places, and succeed as much as he did, you know, yeah. may have been uh, may have been something there if you gave him a little bit more uh, room to run. But those Columbus teams had better top six defensemen and better and a better defensive uh, structure with Torts calling the shots over there. That's true. So, as long as I don't see any rumors about JVR getting re-signed, I'll be happy. That one still fucking haunts me at night. It does, but luckily there's no rumor about that. Like, oh, Flyers consider like you've Not yet. No It'll come out of the blue out of nowhere in there. Start learning Swedish, buddy. You're Veteran going minimum. To... He's coming yeah. back. God, that would be the worst. <laughs> I would be... So unhappy. <laughs> it has been a long time since I delivered a good old-fashioned Dan the Flyer fan rant on one of these shows. That would be it. That would be the one to reignite yeah. some of the old flame here. Like, I'm trying to have some goodwill and feel remotely excited about the Flyers. And like you eloquently said about hiring a bunch of guys with no experience just because they're a bunch of former Flyers. Get the simpletons all worked up. That, <laughs> hey. Um, but if they sign JVR, like, done. I'm like, like, because I'm thinking, like, you know what? Like, we we all really should go to a Flyers game. Like, it probably wouldn't be that hard to get, like, six, seven tickets for all of us and go to a game. Not these days. The building's have empty. Exactly. It'd be easy as hell to get <laughs> tickets. And I've met Katie down there a couple times, and it... it, it It'd be easy. Like, we could go down together. It'd be easy that way. And then probably get Shane on the way because he's on the way because he's a purposey. And then, but like, if, if they bring back JVR, no, nah. I'm not, I'm not paying money to go watch JVR play hockey. I'm not, 
I refuse. Well, hopefully we won't have to, but, you know. Yeah. Nothing's done until it's done, until the ink's dry on a different contract with a different team. Do you think we'll have a trade before the uh, draft? Or do you think it's all going to happen? I would fucking hope so. You know, it may be on draft day, maybe the next or at one. Least we, or the week but, of. Um, I, I would hope at least one of the three of Konechny, Lawton, and Hart are gone, and you get an extra first-round pick um, between now and then, at least one. I mean, at this point, I would be fine with dealing Konechny and Lawton uh, if you can mm-hmm. get two extra first-round picks there with your 7th overall and 22nd overall. If you get a 16 and 28 to go along with that, I mean, that's not bad. You know, you can really fucking clean up in this draft if you really wanted to and try and, Mm -hmm. you know, get another top 10 pick to package those uh, three later ones together then if you wanted. Like, it gives yourself a lot of options to, to go into this draft, this deep draft, you know, the best possible outcome here. So... Mm-hmm. We shall see. If they wait till, you know, July to trade Konechny and get picks in next year's, eh, that one's gonna be a little uh you know, a little more underwhelming than it would be um, yeah. getting extra picks this year. So yeah. the, the only thing I've noticed is a lot of Flyers alumni across many interviews on TV or podcasts, they all realize like how can you not that this has gone to complete shit? Yeah. You just hope they know what the fuck they're doing, how they're going to go about it, right? And plus, it's also a copycat league, right? Look what the Knights just did. You know, teams are going to start doing that. And that's how most teams are going to win anyway. That's what teams need to start doing more of. Yeah. Making like, big, well, massive trades and manipulating the shit out of the salary cap. It's no coincidence that Tampa and Vegas have all this success, and they are two of the most guilty parties of, you know, exploiting the system. Gotta do it, man. Yeah. Some of the Flyers are over the cap, and they fucking won 20 games this year. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know this was the first cup where the winning team had a $10 million player on? Yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. It's not like I wanted Jack Eichel on this roster, but no, we don't need Jack Eichel. We have Kevin Hayes. Fuck off. That was discussed on this podcast many times, including articles written by you. Yeah. That fucking Jack Eichel piece in June of 2020. Tens of thousands of people yelled at me for that one. But you know what? I was right. As I usually am. Just nobody wants to admit that part. Yeah, We can't even get Kateria to play. Oh, fuck Sean Kateria. And then when I saw people are trying to compare him and Mark Stone, I'm like... I don't care about his fucking. He's Patrice Bergeron, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't fucking care about his Selkie Trophy. I don't. Like, I'll take Mark Stone ten out of ten times over Sean Couturier. Too many people are enamored with with Sean Couturier. I don't get it. Yeah, this is another one. I feel like I could do three hours on, but at one point in time, Couturier was a very good player. Sure. Mm-hmm. He was never a, you know, bona fide true number one star, but in 2017, 2018, 2019, he was very good. It is now 2023. He's going to turn 31 in December, and he has missed 22 months with two back surgeries. And he's got seven years left at 7.7 million AAV. So I don't give a fucking shit that he won a Selkie trophy in 2020. I don't give a shit what he was doing in 2017. You got a lot of term left and a lot of fucking, you know, unlikely stars that have to align for this guy to be that good ever the fuck again. 
You know, I, I don't care what he did in the past. I, it, that does not matter no. at this point. It, it's how are you going to navigate this guy and his contract and his, you know, whatever's remaining of his career for the next seven years. Tell you that, like, you've seen how, in, not even just this playoff run, but like Mark Stone is infinitely more intense than Sean Couturier, and you will not convince me otherwise. Yeah, as is Bergeron and Pavel oh, Dodzuk yeah. and whoever else people try and compare him to. Oh, God. Pavel Dotsuk had the best hands to ever grace this league. One of the best set of hands ever. You know I mean, and Couturier, again, let's not dismiss that he didn't start putting up way better numbers until he centered Giroux and Voracek. Yeah, that may have something to do with it. So, again, <laughs> I'm not saying he stinks. Because I know, like, but again, I, I always come back to that. I have no really allegiance to anybody. And comparing him to Mark Stone... Is fucking asinine. Yep. Asinine. Like, Mark Stone has multiple conference finals appearances, a Stanley Cup, has captained multiple teams. I'm sorry, he's just way better than Sean Couturier. You, you, you will never convince me otherwise. Yeah, they're not even the same player. And he's not the same player as Bergeron. He's just significantly fucking a step down from all of them. Very good, but not anywhere near that status of, you know, no. the elite of the elite two-way guys in this sport. Or Kopitar. Yeah, I'll take Kopitar over him. I'll take so many guys over Couturier. Another Chuck Fletcher masterclass that we're going to be left with. Seven more years. And I have noticed, like, they gave out number 23 jerseys to Keith Jones and everybody, like, but they were still the same home jersey. Yeah, I, I am surprised how little... Uh... We've heard about that. Um, was it? It was confirmed that there's a new uniform set this year, correct? It was heavily implied that there was okay. um, going to be. I don't know, you know, if there was there was confirmation from the third party sources, but in the league, uh, the the team itself has never said we are doing new jerseys this year. Uh, they have the new era of orange. There's been all these rumors for months and all this wacky shit, mm. but there's not been any word ever since those rumors which are now months old at this point yeah. um that there's anything going as far as um jersey so maybe you see him at the draft and maybe you, you will hear something That's over the next yeah. week or two but if they do not you know deploy them at the draft i don't know if we're getting them or not and that's been done. I said it last time you had me it's been done many times where a team has a new jersey and then they use the draft to show it for the yeah, first time it's it's possible this is i i would I don't know. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything on it yet, but um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. See how bad they screw them up. I was somebody uh, last night was like, if the Flyers get new jerseys, they should make brand new ones we've never seen before. And I'm like, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but if they do something entirely brand new, they're gonna fuck it up royally versus going back to what everybody wanted, which apparently they're in the process of fucking up royally anyway by not putting any of the piping on it. So uh, but we'll see, but. Yeah, I'm not even necessarily excited for uh, the concept of New Jersey's if they're going to be ugly. Yeah. And they got an outdoor game coming up this year, so we'll see. Uh... Yeah, and they didn't release any brand. They released they released the branding for the uh, Winter Classic. Yes. And the Heritage Classic. But sta the Stadium Series is just like the generic font. Yeah, we've not do. seen uh, the Stadium Series yet. No. Um It'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's one thing I always think every Jersey fanatic looks forward to is when you have these outdoor games or specialty games, like, what are they going to come up with? Yeah. Stadium series is either hit or miss, though. 
Yeah, I uh, I didn't mind either Flyer Stadium series. I own both of them. I have uh, you know, the black ones have become the alternates, obviously, and I have one of the yeah. uh, brown jerseys. Yeah, we found them on eBay for like forty-five bucks. Right? I was a big fan of a uh, yeah. fan of those. Oh yeah, I've bought many of them, customized many of them. I bought a, um, I believe it was Ryan Hartman's gamer that I ultimately stripped and made Wayne Simmons because it was his last game. Um, yeah. so a little uh, memento there in the jersey collection, but yeah, I actually like that shade of orange. I would not mind if they uh, went back to that. It's not even the Lindros jersey; it's a completely different shade. But I always liked it. Thought it was a much pleasing. Yeah. Uh, it looked a lot shade. darker on TV because it was raining. It did, yes. Yeah. So it's a much different shade um, in pictures and TV than it is in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I, li- I liked I like it in person a lot better. Yep. Um, yeah. If they if they, if they make some good moves and have a nice jersey, I might buy a new one. I don't know. Get your Owen Tippett jersey. Yes, that probably be who I or or Noah Cates or Noah Cates. Big Noah Cates guy. Um. Unfortunately, uh, your Panthers didn't win. No, they got they got their shit kicked. Is what happened. Kicked in. Yeah. And, I've heard this argument. I think it was John Scott on his podcast. Like the last bunch of playoffs, the last good finals was Bruins Blues that went to seven games. Then you had the two COVID, you had the bubble final, Tampa Dallas. Tampa yes. kicked the shit out of mm-hmm. Dallas. Then you had Tampa Montreal. Tampa kicked the Wasn't shit out of Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Then you had. Was that last year? The. Tampa Avalanche. Yeah, that was last year. That's, was that six games? or f- That was six games. Six. That was okay, but it really wasn't even that close. And then this year, Vegas just kicked the Stomp shit them. out of floor. Kicked the shit out of them. And John Scott was saying, and I tend to agree, with this playoff format they have, which is asinine, the first round's the best. Yeah, I think those were the only games that I actually checked out this year were the first round. So I, then, I, I don't think I watched a single playoff game after the first round. Yeah, I think you, you, you're inevitably probably going to have at least one upset, like Florida um, beating uh, Boston and Seattle beating Colorado. But, like, then, like, you get all these good teams that aren't standing anymore, and then it just gets watered down near the end because all the good teams got knocked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like, the conference finals were both awful in both conferences. They were both ass-kickings. Yep. Like, for for a neutral, that's not fun. Now, when you don't have a horse in the race, it's very difficult to get into this at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, Vegas made... I mean, Vegas, what a team. I, I mean, again... It doesn't help that Florida was absolutely decimated by injuries. Decimated! Um... Matt Kachuk with his fractured sternum. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Aaron Eckblad destroyed his shoulder and oblique. And a broken foot. And a broken foot. <laughs> He's playing one foot. Yeah, a couple other guys. Sam Bennett apparently had a pretty serious shoulder injury and all kinds of injuries there. The list that has come out has been um, substantial. So that did not help their, uh, you know, no. lopsided. Then you got playoff Bobrovsky finally showed up. and I think that 11-game day layoff hurt him. He Probably. was... He was zoned in, zoned in, and then he sat for over a week. Got this uh, cracking puck here from their uh, playoffs. How the hell did you get that? Uh, Colorado versus Seattle, third period. Eh. 
153 in the third period and 424. I bought a bunch of uh, Kraken game-worn jerseys from the postseason, round two this year. They threw in a puck. Got uh, Connor Geeky and uh, Ellie Tolvanen. White or blue? One of each. Tolvanen was white and Geeky was blue. I actually... I had to a pair of Kraken gamers from last year, but they were random uh, preseason jerseys from two prospects mm-hmm. that nobody ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So um, sold them both and upgraded this year to two players that I knew of. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw in that puck, so I got a that's pretty neat game used Kraken puck chilling here. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like their jerseys. I do. I I'm a each. big fan of the white ones. Yeah. Yeah, the white one. I have the prime green of the white one. It was my mystery jersey I got last year. Um, but yeah, the, the play, NHL playoffs need to go back to one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, you four versus five. But nope. Gary Bettman just refuses to admit wrong or change. You know, hence the Coyotes still existing, mm-hmm. which again just more bullshit. <laughs> End up getting relocated that. to Atlanta so they can fail for a third time there. Just move them to Kansas City or Houston. Just fucking do it already. Nah, they got to stay in Arizona. They will play in a fucking frozen over parking lot with white plastic lawn chairs there before they're moved out of Arizona. So stupid. <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Yeah, the, the, the Vegas team is just unbelievable. Again, they're playing way over the cap because Mark Stone didn't play all year. But, like, that defensive core was incredible. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, is the old saying on that one. Petrangelo is so good, is he not? I mean, yeah. he just rolled. He, I mean, he takes so much bullshit. Remember when he told the Flyers to fuck off? when he... Rightfully so. <laughs> and he's just so good. He's so good. He's a Hall of Famer. Probably, now. Yeah. Time Cup winner, like, puts up a good amount of points. Like, he, he's just so good. So and then Barbashev, who won it with him in St. Louis, he was you didn't watch much of the finals? Not particularly, no. Dude, just like the along blues on Twitter, run. but oh, dude, just like the blues run, Barbashev was killing guys. Just killing guys. Like you would love him on your team. And like he's not doing like dirty chippy shit like Marchand or Kachuk does. Like he just kills guys. And Colasar. Some of these guys that like they got the deadline, they're gonna get just like some of these guys from the Lightning. They're gonna get yeah, fucking Tampa paid. Had some players yeah. that got paid after their uh, like Coleman and uh, Goudreau, right? Yeah. They got paid. Yeah. So is so is fucking Barbashev. That kid is fucking awesome. Yeah. Don't have to worry about the Flyers signing anybody. We can't. We can't add talent. Nick, we have to no. sit here and suffer. I would love him on the Flyers. <sighs> Can't even, can't even, the idea that the summer's going to come and go and we can't even get excited about any single potential addition really, really sucks. <laughs> it used to be fun. Yeah. It used to be fun. Always checking the rumors. Always, you know, just, nope. Not anymore, man. At least the Phillies woke up. Yeah, for now. <laughs> exactly. One game <laughs> over 500. Here we go. Woohoo. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a piece on uh, Clayton Keller I've been sitting on for a few weeks. Just oh. kind of waiting for the right time to move it. But He wants out. He wants out. He's a 24-year-old guy putting up more than a point per game. but On that team. On the on the Coyotes. Yeah, Playing but in that 
But Daniel, he's a left winger. But Daniel, we can't add talent. But Daniel is a... I hate it. hate these fucking fans. You can add talent. Look what the Devils did. I am not against adding somebody like Keller because... Or or Dabrinka, for that matter. Because they are in the age range of the pillars you are building around. Yes. They are the same age as Tippett and Frost and uh, York. All these young guys that are currently on this roster that are going to come up. I don't see a problem with adding somebody like Keller, who is a point-per-game guy, if at the end of the day it means Frost and Forrester are going to benefit because they have an actual guy to play with. Uh-huh. And we talked about this on Flyers AD a couple weeks ago. And we went through the lineups. Uh, you know, if they stayed in house, what are the the lineups going to look like? And it's like a top line of Farabee, Frost, and Tippett. Who fucking who? Who could possibly care to get excited for this? You know, they played well last year. Some of these guys did. You know, Tippett and Frost. You know, they they but. Are they going to get better by themselves? Or have they kind of topped out given this current group and where they're at? And that's what I'm worried about is you could have something in Frost and Forrester and Tippett and some of these guys. But if you're running back more or less the same forward group, you know, even if you take away Travis Konechny from this mix, you know, it's a very anemic offensive production team there. And, you know, if they you stall their production because you don't give them anybody to grow with, I feel like that's doing far more harm than it would be giving up a pick or two, whatever you need for somebody like Keller who can come in and elevate some of your in-house talent. I really don't see a problem with that. People get so fucking angry at me on Twitter every time I write a piece about the Flyers should acquire, insert player here. But at the end of the day, I really don't see the net negative in adding somebody if it means the rest of your team is going to be better because of it. Look, man, when you had a young Richards and Carter... And Umberger, they supplemented them with Briere, Lupul, and Hartnell, and Tiemannen. So, that argument is valid. But, like you said, you hope they don't stagnate without someone helping them along. Yeah. You'd love that one of them turns into Tage Thompson level. Yeah, it'd be great if one of these guys guys continued to break out, but... You know, I would also think that, uh, you know, adding somebody to help them break out would be significant. I don't, you got a shit ton of money in the cap anyway. Nothing matters. Asset, like, uh-huh. I, I just, uh, adding one guy does not make or break your rebuild plan or destroy your shitty financial situation. It's, yeah. it, it's just, and it betters the team. I, I, I don't know. I realize I'm trying to apply logic to the situation and there's no yeah, such thing as logic in, you know, flyer land, but, you know. There's just so much mess to clean up first. But I agree, like... It's being proactive. Yeah, you got it. You you have to be. You have to be proactive. The the Hextall way of we're just going to sit in our fucking thumb for five years, ten years, and just hope things naturally clean themselves up. That's not a a great approach. It's not a rebuilding approach, you know? You got to be better than that. So... Yeah, and he is a bad GM, everyone. All the apologists... He went to Pittsburgh, where he has Latang, Crosby, and Malkin, Gensel, and a bunch of other schmucks that I hate, and missed <laughs> the playoffs. Fuck you. Yeah, but he's a former Flyer, Nick. He had to be good. Again, he should never get hired again, and neither should <laughs> Chuck Fletcher. I do wonder. 
I'm sure Fletcher will be picked up again somewhere. Hextall, oh my god, I don't know. Hextall had such a Hextall went out in such a, a very blaze of glory kind of thing. Uh, you know, where where the national media really clung on to how shitty he was that I gotta wonder, you know, if anybody's taken another risk on Hextall in any form, you know, especially as a GM or something like that. Um I don't know, it's the NHL, so you can never say never to this stuff, but Yeah. Speaking of the Penguins, I heard a rumor on NHL Network Radio today that John Gibson to Pittsburgh is a rumor. Yeah, I, I heard people throw around a hell of a going their way, but I can't even believe they could put a package together to acquire him. So no, something like Gibson out. would make um, a little more sense. But yeah, I would not be surprised if they go after one of the top goalies Dude, out there. Yeah, but like that's one of those make or break things. Like When your window is about this much open yeah they don't have a whole lot of tread left on those tires that's for sure you either fucking make a nice run or win the cup or else you're gonna end up like the flyers in cap hell with nothing to look forward to when nothing ever won i mean well they do have 20 million dollars in projected cap space for the summer they do have their own first round pick this year somehow pittsburgh yeah They've only got two picks in the first five rounds. They're uh, first overall and third overall. So they're, they're or third round, which is the devil's third round. <laughs> they got in a trade from 2010. What the fuck? Oh, the John Marino trade. Oh, right. uh, yeah. So which Penguins fans are still pissed about. Picking a little bit of money. So if they're intent on getting the most out of this uh, last little few years of this uh, Crosby they era. They will. Mark my words. Because... Uh, DeSmith can't stop a beach ball and Jari can't stay healthy. So they're going to get a goalie at the draft, mark my words. Yeah, they could. Maybe they can get Carter Hurt. <laughs> uh, don't even joke. I think Lawton was one of the names that popped up in a P- Penguins trade rumor. If Hextall was still there, I would believe it. I don't know how much I believe it now with, uh, with Dubas, but we shall see. Old Doobie. Yeah, another one of those guys the Flyers could have hired, but... Nope! I've had so many people on Twitter go, well, what the fuck has Dubas ever done? I'm like, you can't really be pro Danny Briere and ask yeah. what the fuck has insert guy here ever done. <laughs> it's not really a good argument for somebody who's never done anything. Dude, Dubas made plenty of trades, plenty of He moves. built a hell of a so little I... team up there. Uh, you know, organizationally, life. especially. You know, the, yeah. the Marlies have been one of the best teams in the NHL for the last few years. They got a lot of prospect depth still. They got a lot. You know, I realize their main roster is a bit of a meme because they fail in the playoffs every year for one reason or another. But at the end of the day, that is a very solid organization uh, Dubas built. Oh, yeah. So I would have uh, not minded him. He and Shiro were my two uh, two top picks. But they're not former nice. Flyers, you see. So they can't, uh, can't be hired. I mean... How could they not go after Shiro? I mean, the son of cup-winning coach for the Flyers. Like, come on. Because he didn't that play here. That's the gimmick now. <laughs> that's that's the only qualification. It doesn't matter that his father was a big part of this organization. It doesn't matter. He himself didn't play here. So, tough shit, Shiro. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. Yeah. Well, again. I am happy the Holy Trinity of shit is gone. Yeah, we got I'm a brand new gone. Holy Trinity of shit. Yeah. Potential shit. I mean, work. look, with Val Camillo that first, like, two years, it was like, gritty, 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 gritty. Like, look at gritty. It was so brutal. 
Camillo is a uh, very interesting figure in the history of Flyers lore. You know, I, I think a lot of the reason the downward spiral happened was because of her. You know, the the gritty thing and the refusing to acknowledge Ed Snyder and shit like that. I think a lot of that was her doing. She was behind oh, a lot yeah. of that stuff. She's an idiot. But I think towards the end, she relinquished her grasp. She led the Wells Fargo Center through their renovation, which is apparently very nice. I've not been there since it's been upgraded. But it is. By all accounts, it's very nice, and they should be good. And obviously, I think at some point, the negativity got so hard where they had no choice but to pull back on Gritty and you know acknowledge Snyder exists and shit like that. But yeah, very uh, very two-faced kind of uh, leader there in, in yeah. Flyers history as far as um, doing a lot of damage, but also trying to do a lot of good as well. So... Very interesting that she's uh, going to apparently the commanders. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Whoop de do, I guess. Go. Reputable organization. <laughs> yeah, too. I was gonna say go clean up fucking Snyder's mess down there. So yeah, good riddance to her. Good riddance to Dave Scott. Good riddance to Chuck Fletcher. Fuck all three. Yep. Knowing up. <sighs> Keith Jones and Patrick Sharp and John LeClaire. You know what's funny is when they first fired Fletcher. There were so many names that came out in the hire. It was like Eric Lindros and Chris Pronger and all these like former Flyers shit about mm-hmm. GMs. And it's always like, there's no way they're going to do any of that, right? Like yeah. former Flyers with no experience. Well, fuck me. <laughs> they uh, filled the whole front office with former Flyers with no experience. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a gamble. Big one. But I can't complain. I, I am upset with the names but i am again i wanted those three gone they're gone that's cool don't bring back jvr <laughs> and maybe i'll come back down to the wells fargo center this this year maybe yeah, i won't be down there anytime soon give me a fucking product to pay for and i'll go down and pay for it but that's not going to be a problem and a concern for a few years so i'm not uh my streak of not going to flyers games anytime soon will remain intact then maybe brotherly pod will have to brotherly puck will have to and sisterly will have to go to Phantom's game instead. You have to get together sometime somewhere along the line. But um, what time we got? Two minutes. You got anything else two, you want to? Uh... Two twenty-four. No. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, now we just got to hope that team, you know when we put well, this episode up in an hour that uh, you yeah. know they don't make three different trades. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have my a favorite, pretty big uh, history so, of that. So. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They do. You're welcome, everybody. If it ultimately, uh, if Connecty gets traded here at 4 p.m. on a Friday, it's because <laughs> of us. I completed the hat trick of losses. Phillies lost, Eagles lost, and Inter Milan lost the Champions League last week. Oh no! Yeah, so. David Beckham's going to Miami. Whatever the guy's it. name is, Leo Messi. Sure, dude. And like, they gave him like. Part of his money he's going to make is also TV. They're giving him TV revenue. <laughs> <laughs> is that ridiculous? Yeah, well. He made like a billion dollars or something like that. Oh, yeah. he's Fuck. The money he's made on sponsorships. Somebody pay me a billion dollars to play soccer. I can do it. Somebody pay you a billion dollars to pontificate. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I got nothing else, man. All right, everyone. Well, um, got another freaking flyer 
Sunday. Be back with Shane on Monday. I believe we're going to end up recording a freaking flyer Wednesday or Thursday next week, and then we'll see whoever else uh, hops on between now and then. These shows. I'm trying not to pre-record too many of these shows because if shit happens, I don't want everything to be irrelevant. So I'm trying to walk <laughs> that fine line of trying to yeah. keep everybody involved without, you know. And so we shall see what the schedule ultimately ends up looking like next week. But um, there you go. Plenty of shit up on the website, brotherlypuck.com. You can check that out. And uh, at Dan the Flyer Fan, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pad and Nick. Where can people find you on Twitter? At Forza Inter 215. I'm getting close to 900 followers. Give me a follow. I'll follow, follow you back at Forza Inter 215. Wow, there you go. 900. Almost. I wish I only had 900 followers again. Those were the good old days before fucking, yeah, 4,500 or something like that now, whatever it is. Yeah. That's a pain in the ass because everyone just fucking yells at me all day long. I miss having no followers and no interactions. Those are the good old days. I just got a DM. Let's look this up real quick. Oh, boy. And then we'll do another outro. (laughs) Connect me to Edmonton? I mean, those have been the rumors. Has anything happened? My good friend, uh... Former in three or other. Uh, now it looks like these are all two days old and one day old. Let's just say Twitter's not blowing up, so I assume it uh, has not. Okay. I knew there was rumored uh, connected Edmonton centered around Philip Broberg as a trade, which I was not overly thrilled with. Um, well, I can guarantee Edmonton fans that connecting will not get them over the hump. No, no, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Though he's going to play alongside of McDavid or Drysaitel, so that'll be. Uh, Everyone's going to go, look how many points he scored, Daniel. Oh, great. He fucking sucks. Yeah. Riding the All coattails. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Until next time, goodbye and good night.